The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, October 4, 2018, and this is The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Coming up on today's show, Jody Hamilton for The Stephanie Miller Show and the From the Bunker podcast is here. We're going to dig into Trump's tax fraud and how Trump wouldn't be Trump without Fred Trump. Jesus, this guy. The FBI report is done about Kavanaugh, and it's causing all kinds of new fuckery on the Hill. We're going to get into that, too. And conservatives are scolding us for standing up for ourselves. I'll tell you why they're wrong in just a second. And the midterms are just days away, and now you can remind yourself to vote. Jesus, vote! And remind yourself to vote every time you wash by picking up Bubble Genius's Vote Soap. It's a five-ounce bar of sweet-smelling soap artistically carved into the shape of the word vote. With a third of the proceeds going to resistance candidates across the country, only $7 from Bubble Genius, but use our promo code BOBC for 15% off your entire order. Only from the newly redesigned BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. This was not written for chiefs. Hear me. Hear this! Among my people, we carry many such words as this from many lands, many worlds. Many are equally good and are as well respected. But wherever we have gone, no words have said this thing of importance in quite this way. Look at these three words written larger than the rest with a special pride never written before or since. Tall words proudly saying, we the people. That what you called Eid Plebnista was not written for the chiefs or the kings or the warriors or the rich or the powerful but for all the people down the centuries you have slurred the meaning out of the words we the people of the united states in order to form a more perfect union establish justice ensure domestic tranquility provide for the common defense promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty These words and the words that follow were not written only for the Yangs, but for the Koms as well. The Koms? They must apply to everyone or they mean nothing. Do you understand? I do not fully understand. Bob Seska! Today's Rachel Maddow Show Award for Headline Excellence goes to Bob Seska. The Bob Seska Show! Of course he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand anything. William Shatter could have read the whole goddamn Constitution. He would have said, I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) It is the Trump crisis day 623-32. Let that sink in for a second. 32 32 days until the 2018 midterms. You know, I almost said 32 seconds. It's not that close. About 32 days until the 2018 midterms. 
possibly the end of American democracy, according to Malcolm Nance. Oh, and hey, look, it's Jody on the show. Jody Hamilton, hi. Hello, Bob. Hello. Keep the faith, Bob. Hello. Okay. Keep the faith, Bob. Keep yeah. the faith. Keep the faith. Try and I'm really, really trying. Keep the faith, you Bob. Me both. Trying to be best. Be best. Be best. Yeah, it's it's difficult. We've got cat problems here. Uh, we've got a, a, a constipated cat, which raises the question. Uh, Kimberly just took the cat to the vet and came back with a cat that has just had an enema. And <laughs> I, I kept thinking, good God, can you imagine waking up one morning and going to work and, and then you, you get to work and your job for that day is to give a cat an enema? <laughs> I can't even imagine. That's like, you know, I don't know what. That would be like trying to give a colonoscopy to a porcupine. It just, <laughs> just awful, awful work that you have to do. So my hat's off this morning to all the vets out there. And, of course, Kimberly mm. Johnson, who is just running frantically, cleaning up diarrhea everywhere. That's fun, too. That's fun. So our house smells great today. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Oh my god. So how are you? How is your life, Jody? Well, we have a new strain of mosquitoes in Southern California. Ah, yes. And they're carrying Zika. Zika. How, how fun. So that's fun. And yeah. then my bursitis and my tendonitis. I had PT for the first time on Tuesday. Oh, that's right. You've got the tendonitis. And the bursitis. And the bursitis. And so um, they gave me exercises. Yeah. And I have it again tomorrow. I have it two days a week until I see the doctor, and then they'll decide. It's getting actually, strangely, what they're making me do, which hurts, yeah. is helping. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird how that works. Tendonitis is is not the most difficult thing to eradicate. I think you're going to be in good shape. I mean, if you get, you get PT in there and you get yeah. lots of anti-inflammatories, things that reduce your inflammation, I think you're going to be okay, but that's good. Yeah, it, it just, I mean, they're giving me these strange exercises to do, and, and one of them is like, I actually have to use the bad arm to loosen up something else. I'm like, but it hurts to do with <laughs> Well, compounding everything is this all this Kavanaugh shit that yeah. uh, just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse from the perspective of just the, the slow disintegration of American democracy at the hands of our own gullible, stupid, naive 40% of the voting population. This is not getting any better. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it looks like, and again, you know, look, never give up, never surrender, as, uh, right. as they say in Galaxy Quest. Uh, in addition to all that crap, we've got uh, this tax fraud story. Yeah. And we're we're going to dig back into Kavanaugh here in just a second because we've got all kinds of news falling down into our laps every second uh, of the morning so far. And, uh, you know, with Trump's tax fraud, this New York Times story and any other, we always say this, you know, sometimes I start down this path and I hear myself about to say something and I go, you know what? How many times are we going to end up saying this over and over and over again? But I guess it needs reinforcing that uh, that Trump is a criminal. I, I don't know if you're aware of that, Jody, but Trump is a is, is a crook. Wrong. Wait, what? He is. He's a fraud, uh, as they say. Bob, you know, that's come on, the, Bob. That's the He's word. the president. I know. I know. Bob. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> This there is it is. Basically, <laughs> my 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 day to day life, every three four minutes of a news cycle, it's basically like Donald Trump just yelling at me, he's just saying my name over and over again to get me to pay attention to him. Bob, what? Bob, what? Shut up! Stop doing that. <laughs> Bob, oh come on, Mr. President, leave me alone. You goddamn crook, you. Bob, what? No, stop. <laughs> Is, that's what my life is like now. That's what my life has been like since 2015. Every time I think, okay, 
all right, things, you know, I just get this brief sense that maybe things are okay. And then suddenly Trump pops in. Bob. Oh, God, here he goes again. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're all dealing with that. We're all walking around yeah. with, with Trump just, you know, we're moving through our day-to-day life. And then Donald Trump walks up, taps us on the shoulder and goes, Bob. Oh, God, now it's an emergency. <laughs> What new fuckery is going to, what new devilry is going to land on our heads today from yeah, this guy? Bob. Uh, please stop. All right. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm going to stop doing that. Um, but, you know, we had this story from the New York Times and any normal, and this is what I was going to say earlier, that I stopped myself is that I've said this so many times, but in any normal presidency, oh, yeah. this would be the end. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump cheating on his taxes going back dozens and dozens of years, going yep. back to the 1970s, for God's sake. Even I mean, what was <laughs> the most amazing piece of this story is that even at age like three months old. Well, Don- he was making $200,000 a year at, at age three? Yeah, at age three. That's it. With three years old, Donald Trump is already making $200,000 a year. And as an <laughs> From, employee. Right, right. As an employee of Fred Trump, his crazy looking so, so, I mean if he's getting it as a dividend and a stockholder that's one thing your parents yeah. can do that for you and that's fine but they literally were putting him as an employee which yep. means they get an expense break on that I mm. it's like I, I, I mean my parents I remember when my my parents started wacko productions because well we're crazy um <laughs> so it was called wacko and uh, i remember signing stock certificates when i was like you know 10 9 10 years old mm-hmm. because they wanted us to be stockholders of this new company so there was a notary there and my parents were there and and it was like i remember vividly signing it but i don't think donald trump well he was an employee at three what was he doing <laughs> i have no idea what was his job title and what was her his job activities super villain in training. That was it. No doubt. I mean, he was from the very beginning being trained to be a criminal. I mean, lying about yeah. the, the the value of the the Trump properties on his taxes, uh, mm-hmm. saying that they were worth a lot less. I mean, at one mm-hmm. point, didn't he p- say that on his taxes he made twenty six thousand dollars one year? Yeah. An income. Yeah, right. Uh, just insane fraud. And, you know, here's the thing. Any living American who has ever received a letter from the IRS should be screaming right now that this yeah. guy has been able to walk between the raindrops for so long, that this guy yep. has been able to avoid going to prison for criminal tax evasion, because mm-hmm. that's exactly what this is. And that doesn't even get into the fact that Trump wouldn't be Trump today if it wasn't for receiving over $400 million mm-hmm. from his dad. Mm-hmm. You know, co- he, 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 he pulled himself up by those bootstraps. Yep, that's that what he did. That were gilded with gold. Sel- self-made man, right? <laughs> yeah, my dad was a self-made man. My mother is a self-made woman. I, on the other hand, have totally skated on their coattails. But you know what? You're not walking around, Jody, saying... I b- dragged myself up by the bootstraps. Oh. I was living in the gutter, and now I... Because I didn't. I was very blessed. I was lucky. My parents put me through private school. I didn't have to pay for college. I was very, very lucky because they worked their asses off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I ended up, uh, you know, in a very similar situation where I was able to uh, 
have my college paid in full. And in fact, yeah. you know you know how I ended up having my college paid in full where I didn't have to pay a cent. I didn't have to take out a single student loan. You know what you know why that was? Because my house blew up in 1972 because of a gas explosion and so there was a class And that's a, always a great idea. Let's blow up our house so our son can have college. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's how, you know what, kids who get a free ride on college that's partly how they end up doing it because how else are you going to pay for college these days except if, if your dad is crazy looking Fred Trump with his toupee and uh, Jesus right. God and, and his mom who looks like uh, you know an extra from a Tim Burton movie for God's sake <laughs> I mean this guy everything he says is a facade everything he does yeah. is a lie or you could yeah. actually reverse those two things the entire Trump persona is all a big smoke screen I mean really mm-hmm. I've been making this comparison since the very beginning Trump is like a like a sideshow carny where mm-hmm. You know, is that the, the you know the sideshow tent where they say, "Oh, go inside and see the chicken boy," and you go inside and it's a guy in a chicken suit, and that's <laughs> that's the chicken boy, and you're going, "Gee, why did I pay five dollars to walk in here and see a guy in a chicken suit? I thought there was going to really be a human animal hybrid." <laughs> this is like every <laughs> Trump voter, except they go in and they go, "Oh my God, a chicken boy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, every Trump voter walks into that. They pay their five dollars. They walk in. They see the guy in the chicken suit, and they go, "Ah, oh, wow! How did they end up mm-hmm. splicing the genes? What a miracle of modern science that they've been able to create the chicken boy!" And so exactly. they walk out and they tell all their friends, "Hey, come on over. We got to go look at the chicken boy." This guy, Donald Trump, out front says it's amazing and tremendous. And so they pay more money and they go back in and they're like, wow, that chicken boy that Donald Trump told us about is spectacular. <laughs> yes. It's all bogus. It's all horseshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I was saying this, Jody, um, I think on the, the Tuesday show with Buzz, although they all seem to run together now because of all this, <laughs> the news Doesn't cycle. Doesn't every day seem to run together? Yeah. I mean, you could tell this group of people just about anything and they'll buy into it. I mean, they just don't... They And, and I think partly they don't care. I think part of it is they know he's lying, but they don't care. And then the mm-hmm. other part of them, you know, the other faction of the Red Hats believe everything i mean they actually believe that the first appearance of donald trump ever was on the first episode of the apprentice and before that oh he must not have any sort of history whatsoever uh this is a uh, just oh he's a reality show guy showed up on this nbc reality show that we love and then also later on the celebrity apprentice and then then he descended the escalator and declared his candidacy in in june of 2015 and and the rest is history well that's not correct (laughs) He's a lot more and a lot worse than this ridiculous narrow view that most of the Red Hats take of Donald Trump. You know, they don't know that he's got this history that goes back to the 70s of being a corrupt son of a bitch. Nothing but a Mm -hmm. showboat and a playboy and, you know, just some guy who is uh, being floated on his dad's cash. Right. You know, it's it's everything. Every episode of Donald Trump's career, you can trace back to someone else bailing him out. It's, yeah. it's Fred Trump or it's NBC Entertainment or it's someone is propping him up to wiggle him out of his whatever self-made crisis he happens to be in. Right. You know, whether that's the bankruptcy laws, which were basically Donald Trump took advantage of the bankruptcy laws to uh, enrich himself. Then it was Russia, the Russian oligarchs giving him all kinds of money. 
because no one in the United States would lend him anything after what four bankruptcies, right? And th- and now it's the uh, executive powers of the presidency that are protecting him from accountability. And his law. This is the one thing that Donald Trump can do, uh, as we were saying, going back to our uh, sideshow Carney metaphor is that Donald Trump can get anyone to do anything, including walk into a tent and see a chicken boy who's actually a guy wearing a chicken suit. He can convince anyone of anything if they're gullible enough. And this group of red hats are Mm -hmm. so goddamn gullible, it is staggering to know how, just how easily led they are. And they're being led down this path toward the destruction of democracy. The Kremlin couldn't have scripted this better. No kidding. This is, I mean, don't you think? I mean, this is basically, this Kavanaugh business is all part of the, the Kremlin strategy to get Americans to destroy their own democracy. Yeah, because what, what, okay, first with the Gamble case that they're listening to this month, which is why they want somebody seated yesterday. Yes, It's not so much the, uh, about Kavanaugh, it's about who can get seated. They screwed up with the Kavanaugh nomination. Had they done Amy, whatever her name is, or mm-hmm. anybody else, that person would have been seated by now. They picked this guy. Well, he picked this guy for obvious reasons. But the Gamble case, uh, what I love about this case is the argument is the state and the feds, the guy was arguing that he was evading taxes on both the state level and the federal level. Yeah. So he evaded taxes to the feds. And those are two different entities being harmed. Mm hmm. That's okay, right. they're not the same crime. They're different entities being harmed. My argument would be, well, see, you know, like I killed two people, so why are you charging me with two murders? You know, it's <laughs> yeah. the same crime. It's just two different entities. <sighs> no. So that to me is the argument back to the Supreme Court. It's like, well, if somebody c- kills more than one person, it's still the same crime, but different entities have been harmed. <laughs> right. Therefore, there is no double jeopardy. Yeah. And obviously, there's also a federalism issue between right. you know federal government, a, a federal crime, and a state crime. And you want to keep those right. things. Those are different separate. entities. These are these are. It's like a corporation is its own entity. An LLC is its own entity. A human yep. being is its own entity. They all have different laws that govern them. Therefore, there is no double jeopardy. If you committed a crime against the feds, that's against the feds. You commit a crime against your state, that's against the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yep. In in this case, uh, Donald Trump is in uh, ass deep with the state of New York Mm -hmm. when it comes to his taxes. Mm -hmm. And in my experience, you know, you don't want to mess with the IRS. Obviously, that's just the rule. Don't mess with the IRS. Both of my parents worked for the IRS and they have drilled it into my head. You just don't screw around when it comes to that agency because they have power. I mean, I always remember going back to 2013 when we were all talking about the NSA and Edward Snowden and all of these things mm-hmm. that everyone was, uh, their hair was on fire over all of these uh, alleged trespasses against our, our civil liberties and so on. But the fact is that it's the IRS, not the mm-hmm. NSA, not the, not even the CIA. It's the IRS that has mo- the most power to destroy you. And ask you know, any mobster. Exactly right. Or ask Donald Trump. I mean, this could actually happen, although he has been able to get away with it for way goddamn too long. I and, agree. And, and his, as far as I'm concerned, his time is up. But you know what? As bad as the IRS is, as stringent and as thoroughly they can screw with you, 
state governments can do that too state departments of revenue can absolutely take a dump on your face and they will and and in this case donald trump needs brett kavanaugh so he can wiggle out of any jeopardy that he's going to be in when it comes to the state of New York. And the and the argument that Gamble said, oh, it's, it's the same crime. Well, no, I write a check to the Franchise Tax Board yeah. for the state of California, and then I write a check to the U.S. Treasury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it was the same issue, then I just write one check, correct? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, this Jesus. is just an obvious argument against the whole double jeopardy bull. Yeah, you I know. know. Yeah, states have their own sovereignty. They have their own laws. They have their own stuff. And yes, there's a commerce clause that can govern the Fed saying, hey, you can't do that, like marriage laws and things like that. But by the same token, it's like, dudes, <laughs> sorry, yeah. you owe the state taxes, you owe the Fed's taxes, which is the simplest. But the other thing is, is if, if the Supreme Court rules that, yeah, there's double jeopardy mm. attached to this, then they can apply double jeopardy to anything. Oh, yeah. Yep. All of this is in the name of trying to maintain Donald Trump's power. Brett Kav- mm-hmm. I mean, they are installing a ninth member of the Supreme Court in the name of Brett Kavanaugh to, mm-hmm. to, to defend Donald Trump. I mean, this is why mm-hmm. Brett Kavanaugh was chosen. This is why. I mean, Mitch McConnell had a heart attack practically when mm-hmm. he found out that Donald Trump wanted to nominate Brett Kavanaugh off of that list. Because he knew. He knew. Of course he knew. And he said, this is going to be a mess. And of course, Donald Trump was willing to take that risk. Because, you know, he's got Mueller breathing down his neck and clearly he could possibly have the IRS breathing down his neck, too, as well as Mm -hmm. the state of New York. Exactly. And so the all of these things give us Brett Kavanaugh. And the the thing that I can't get beyond is just the the sheer damage of of all of this with uh with breakout i've been talking about uh, damage since the very beginning i mean the damage that that trump is creating and but it can't be emphasized enough because what we're looking at here is the slow disintegration or maybe in in some cases the rapid disintegration Mm -hmm. of the discourse in this country of how we uh deal with the other side how we deal with each other as citizens how we uh Mm -hmm. view i mean even members of our family in terms of their support one way or another with this i mean the uh, you know we've got this gaslighting that's going on mm-hmm. um and this is some of the most rampant gaslighting i've seen since the beginning of the trump administration mm-hmm. i mean you want to talk about you know projection and using the old switcheroo and and taking advantage of our post-contradiction post-hypocrisy era where nothing matters except the eternal now and mm-hmm. where you can have uh respected national leaders standing in front of television cameras and saying things that are absolutely preposterous given their positions. You have Mitch McConnell talking about, wow, Democrats are so obstructionist. And we go, Merrick Garland, Merrick Mm -hmm. Garland, Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland, Merrick Garland, for God's sake. I know, it's it's, it's, like... it's not even, it wasn't like it was 10 years ago. It was a minute ago. I, I, it was two years ago. Yeah, it was two, two years, years ago that yep. Merrick Garland was denied his rightful hearings. Uh, nothing, he didn't necessarily, he wasn't necessarily um, entitled to the seat, yeah. but he was entitled to the hearings. And the most disturbing thing about this, Jody, is the fact that, again, going back to what I was saying about the gullible red hats, is. Mm-hmm. They're buying every bit of this. And whether they actually believe it or not doesn't even matter as long as they're owning the libtards. That's all that matters. Yeah. 
And so what they're doing is they're offering up their endorsement for this kind of behavior, which normalizes and encourages it. They're offering up their endorsement of Kavanaugh's behavior, as shouty and as belligerent and awful as he was in that mm-hmm. committee room the other day. I mean, imagine for a second, if you're a pro-Kavanaugh guy, tell me if you would ever, ever tolerate that behavior from one of your kid's teachers. Or, or say, let's say a surgeon who's about to cut into one of your relatives. Would you accept that kind of unspooled, emotionally unstable behavior from anyone? If you don't accept it, then why the hell are you accepting it from someone who has power over 320 million Americans? For the lifetime that he would be appointed. Yes, for a lifetime. You're accepting that. And it's not just... Brett Kavanaugh, it's saying, this is okay from now on. Mm-hmm. That's the way the United States works. And other, obviously other societies work this way as well over throughout the course of history, but more specifically to our situation, our peril mm-hmm. right now, is that that's the way it works. Once you allow something to happen, it's okay in this country. Right. It becomes mm-hmm. part of the tradition. Oh, right. you mean uh, someone said something nasty in a, a Senate confirmation hearing? Uh, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's not even nearly as bad as what Brett Kavanaugh did. So I guess it's okay. We'll let that, we'll let that slide. Uh, wait, but hold on. I have to give you a caveat on that. Mm. Unless it's a lady. Imagine a black woman in a Senate oh God, confirmation no. hearing. <laughs> who behaved like Brett Kavanaugh, and how that woman would be crucified in conservative press. I mean, crucified, verbally, I mean, doxxed, attacked. Oh, absolutely. Like, basically, I mean, what Christine Blasey Ford is going through right now with the death Mm -hmm. threats and having Mm -hmm. to go into hiding. Mm-hmm. But it's okay if Brett Kavanaugh does it. I mean, this is what we're talking about here is normalizing Trumpism because Brett Kavanaugh is Trumpism. That behavior in the in the hearing room the other day, Trumpism, one hundred percent. And now the Kremlin, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. they're installing Trumpism into the court like the flesh eating virus that it is. Uh, you're absolutely. I literally last Thursday after I stopped speaking with you on mm-hmm. this lovely show. I, I had to go to this thing and um, I, the people, two of the people that were running it had literally posted a, we stand with them with the Kavanaugh family. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't go. Yeah. Because I'm like, I can't be around these people, especially last Thursday. Yeah. And, and I was like, I, j- I can't because I cannot, I can't, I don't know why you support them. It makes zero sense to me, and I can't be around people that support somebody, let alone what Dr. Ford testified to. He's a known perjurer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are so many elements to this that are now being entirely ignored as well in lieu of this FBI report. Yeah. It seems like uh, Jeff Flake is a little bit wobbly now. Uh, Uh Susan Collins is a lot wobbly Uh now. We don't know quite where Lisa Murkowski is, even though all three which some people are calling uh, Murkowski, Flake, and uh, Collins the Devil's Triangle, which I think is ha! fascinating. But it's not. There's two women involved. See, that's not the same. No. The Devil's Triangle is two boys. Oh, yeah. See, I heard two women. I heard two <laughs> no, women. No, no, no. It's Devil's two triangle. boys. They can't cross swords or look at each other. Ah, I see. Well, that seems fair. I have no idea. But uh, this is <laughs> what they're doing right now is they're wobbling on this FBI report and leaning right. toward voting yes. Yes, and ignoring all of the other shit. 
ignoring exactly. the perjury, the obvious, obvious perjury. And even, you know, even put the perjury. Let's say he never perjured himself. Let's right. say he never uh, sexually assaulted anyone. Let's say he never did those two things. But that still leaves the fact that he's emotionally erratic, emotionally unstable. Yes. That shouting and crying and bitching and whining he did in the committee mm-hmm. room. Again, we would not tolerate this from any other person who has to be sober and sane when they're doing their job. We would just did you see not. the movie? Did you see the movie Step Brothers? Uh, yes, I have. Yes. Okay, remember when they dress up in the tuxedos to go in their job interview? Um, yes, I do. And, they, and they're, they're with the woman, uh-huh. and they start arguing with, first off, her name they can't get, but secondly, they start arguing with her, and she's like, get out. That's Kavanaugh, only they're nicer. <laughs> right. But now, this is accepted behavior. This is completely mm-hmm. accepted now, because mm-hmm. anything that is on the same level or slightly mm-hmm. lesser than is mm-hmm. okay. Well, he's opened mm-hmm. that loophole he's basically you know he's the kool-aid guy and he's bashed through the wall and left a kavanaugh shaped hole in the wall and so many people are going to jump right through that wall and i assure you most of them are going to be republicans most of them because this is now this is accepted as long as it's owning the libs they don't care this is completely on the level in their in their world of earth two So regarding the gaslighting, we're seeing it all over the place. I mean, uh, as soon as the Judiciary Committee began to launch, and every time I say Judiciary Committee, I always want to say it like Dana Carvey, Judiciary Committee. Uh, (laughs) They began to launch a strategy to derail the uh, Kavanaugh proceedings. Republicans immediately began to whine about obstruction. They continue to this day to screech about this, but they completely forget about Merrick Garland. And so uh, meanwhile, Donald Trump goes into this long rant on the White House lawn the other day about how this is such a it's a very bad time for young people very bad tremendously bad and unfair with all of his whining and, and says that uh, oh in this country you're guilty until proven innocent you know uh, suddenly donald trump supports due process he's all about yeah, the due process wow that's new yeah completely forgetting lock her up and how he was propelled to the presidency partly because of that catchphrase lock her up which in and of itself is in defiance of due process. Then, you know, obviously we've got the story of Donald Trump and the Central Park Five, where he wanted to execute these five kids who were falsely accused of a rape and a murder and uh, took out a full page ad in the newspaper saying, execute these kids while they were found to be innocent after Mm -hmm. DNA evidence was presented. So it's just like time and time again, you still see this over and over again. Meanwhile, Trump and his enablers in the, uh, on, on the radio and on Fox News Channel believe Kavanaugh is being destroyed because of beer. They've reduced this whole thing down to beer. Like, what? oh, suddenly it's bad for people to drink beer. Is that what you're saying, libtards? Wow, they're really doing it? I, I, wow. Yeah, and they're, they're not getting it. It's not right. No, that's not I just remember tonight, today, because Stephanie was talking about, you know, we need to thank people, guys in particular, that have helped lady people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remembered one night uh, years ago in college, I was with two friends of mine, my, uh, a girl and a guy, yeah. and I had tea too many shots of vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I went to my, it was my guy friend's apartment and I went to the bathroom that his roommate had. His roommate wasn't in town. So I kind of curled up next to the toilet, which is what you do because yeah. <laughs> it's comfortable and cold. Mm-hmm. And I was 19 years old. And then the, I 
I remember doing that. I don't remember anything until I woke up in my apartment, face down, fully clothed. Thank you very much. Mm, and I had Jesus. luckily face down because I had thrown up while I was asleep. Uh-huh. Um, but fully clothed. And I, I got up and I, I walked over to his apartment that afternoon. I said, what happened? He goes, oh, well, we realized you were passed out. So I put you over my shoulder and walked you back because we live in the same apartment complex. And he walked me over his shoulder back to my apartment complex, took my keys, da-da-da-da-da, you know, didn't lock the door because he gave me my keys back. So he couldn't lock the door, but put me in my bed fully clothed. Thank you very much. Face down. And left me there. That's what guys are supposed to do. Yeah, that's the, you know, human thing to do. Uh, exactly. Right. And so, but of course, we install Brett Kavanaugh uh, onto the Supreme Court, and it's open mm-hmm. season now. Because right. now, now it's yeah. been sanctioned. Now it's been, it's been uh, approved uh, by the United States Senate, the, one of the most prestigious governing bodies in the entire world, uh, an exclusive Well, and you club. know, Bob, it's very, it's very difficult right now for young men. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's so tough. Men have such a hard time. You know, this is just torn right out of that ridiculous, bogus men's rights activists handbook. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, woe is me. I'm a guy. I'm a white man in America. Mm-hmm. And holy God, everyone wants to cut my dick off. And that's just mm-hmm. just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's like when you, when you hear the Christian majority say, oh, Christians are being persecuted under Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah, Christians are being persecuted. Yeah, right. 70% of the American population is under the boot of... <laughs> Of the other thirty percent, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's really accurate. All right. Mm. Well, I, you know, I want to talk about something that Eli Lake tweeted today. Uh, in just a second, having to do with Brett Kavanaugh and having to do with this fight that we're in right now. And by the way, never give up, never surrender. It's not over yet. We'll talk about that in just a second. Everyone though is talking about Helen O'Donnell, my guest from yesterday's uh, interview show. Uh, everyone's falling in love with Helen. I, I'm just, I, I'm suddenly getting a little bit jealous of, of Helen. Everyone wants more <laughs> Helen. Um, Mayor Ziggy Blue of our Patreon page said, uh, Love Helen O'Donnell. Fascinating interview. Great stories, especially the Cuban Missile Crisis and the insights back to a time when politics were based on real democracy, you know, nuance and compromise, rather than this festering autocratic kleptocracy of today. Right on, Ziggy Blue. Yeah, Helen O'Donnell, uh, her dad was Kenny O'Donnell, the chief of staff for JFK and then uh, LBJ after the assassination. And uh, played by Kevin Costner in the movie 13 Days. And Helen was amazing on the show yesterday. We ended up talking for a full two hours, and it wasn't wow. just and it wasn't just me going you know full Chris Farley on her. You, you remember remember the Cuban Missile Crisis? That was awesome. It wasn't just me doing a fanboy routine. It was uh, it was an amazingly enriching and insightful two hours. Some of the stories, I mean, the story that I I mean stories I've never heard before. Kenny O'Donnell commandeering the ambulance with the president's body in the back in Dallas. That was one of the things we talked about. We talked about uh, later on in 64, LBJ taking Kenny O'Donnell out, and they both get sloshed at the White House. And then they go, and uh, LBJ drives Kenny O'Donnell home to his house in Bethesda, you know, the mean streets of Bethesda, and uh, and leaves him at his house. And then uh, uh, Kenny O'Donnell's wife, Helen, who's the namesake of Helen O'Donnell, the daughter, uh, had to yell at, at both Kenny and the president. Go back to the White House, Mr. President. You're going to want to hear that story on the show. Uh, meanwhile, Ted the Cat on Patreon said, I could I could listen to Helen all day. Oh, did we lose? We lost uh, Jody there in the middle. 
And she's joining. Maybe there she is. Hi. There she is. She's back. <laughs> okay, good. We got you. Ted the Cat said, I could listen to Helen all day. Vice Mayor Andrew Coutinho of our uh, Patreon page said, Helen O'Donnell is the old man. Reference to Game of Thrones of JFK right. and LBJ history. Love this interview. William Refsland said the discussion was amazing. She has a kind, a kind radio voice, Aww. and and no judgments. You were an adorable <laughs> fanboy, Bob. That's what he said. Aww. Recognize my fanboy behavior. Uh, Greg Dagenalt said uh, one of Bob's best on Twitter as far as the interview. D. Lowther said, hearing the nationwide emergency warning test go off during a conversation in which the Cuban Missile Crisis came up was nice, if slightly un unsettling. <laughs> That's what happened right in the middle. We're talking about the Cuban Missile Crisis, Helen and I, and suddenly both of our phones start going bananas, and it was, of course, the Trump text that came down yesterday afternoon, so we left all that in the show. That's fun. I, I, I jumped three feet in the air when that alarm started going off. Thank you very much. And Michael Latham on Twitter said, uh, truly one of the best interviews in podcasts and other media, period. I was gripped for all two hours. Seriously, should be placed in both the JFK and LBJ library records as part of history curriculum. Can't wait, you, can't wait to see you grow this series. Well, thank you so much, Michael. That was awesome. The check is in the mail. You can listen to our uh, Helen O'Donnell interview, all of our interviews from Earth One on our Patreon page. Just go to bobseska.com and click the all caps Patreon link just beneath the logo and uh, listen for free. All of our interviews are free, but while you're there, please consider supporting the show by signing up for our bonus content. Thank you very much for supporting the show and doing that. The Bob Seska Show. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Yep, welcome back to our Thursday show. Jody Hamilton is here today. Uh, okay, where do we go from here? Uh, Eli Lake. You might remember Eli Lake from the Blogosphere 1.0 years. <laughs> he's, uh, he's not the most popular guy in uh, liberal circles necessarily, but... Uh, this goes back to something I was talking about on the Tuesday show, too. There was a piece in The Atlantic sort of along these lines as well, but... This bears repeating again based on what Eli Lake said. Uh, in reacting to the, uh, there was an opinion in the New York Times called, For once, I'm grateful for Trump. In the president, in the president one big bully stands up to others. And this is a, uh, an op-ed by Brett Stevens. I think it was trending for a while yesterday. And Eli Lake's response was, Congratulations, Democrats. Your Kavanaugh circus has united the right behind Trump. No, 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 no. Shut up. Yes, please. Shut the hell up. Shut up Shut up. with this. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up! Yeah, please, please do shut up with this because this is driving me batshit. The whole idea here behind this argument is to get uh, the left to back down off of right. you know core issues and and uh, and situate and of course uh, a crisis like this. Please don't don't by all means don't stand up for what you believe in, liberals, because you'll just yeah, unite the conservatives against you. Uh, against you. Yeah. Why bother? Yeah. Why bo why bother doing that? Because it's only going to get uh, more Trump people elected in the midterms mm -hmm. if you you know stand up for what you believe in. You know, women standing up to make 
make sure that they're not gang raped and 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 making sure that, that, that Trump doesn't install a sexual predator into the Supreme Court. Yeah, you don't want to say anything about that because you're just going to piss off the conservatives and they're all going to gang up on you. So why bother? Right. I, again, this is the the whole idea is that liberals will take this bait, by the way. I mean, we, oh, will, yeah. we will go, ah, you know what? He's got a point. We need to calm down because if we make too big a deal over, you know, a sexual predator on the Supreme Court, uh, a perjurer and a man who's emotionally unstable, mm-hmm. ah, you know what? The conservatives, they're all going to get together and they're going to vote. So we wouldn't want to antagonize them. This is just the yep. dumbest take in the world. And, and any liberal who reacts along those lines is just as dumb as the take itself. Mm-hmm. You know, where's the argument that says the very existence of someone like Donald Trump and the existence of someone like Brett Kavanaugh is uniting the left unlike anything we've seen since 2006? Mm-hmm. Is anyone writing that take other than me? I mean, I think that's that's obviously the case here. I've never, I mean, honest to God, I've been doing this for a long, long time, as have you, Jody. I have never seen the left as united around a single issue as I have with this. Maybe since uh, news of torture came out during the Bush mm-hmm. years, uh, maybe mm-hmm. when the Iraq war was going horribly and there was a blue wave in 2006. Mm-hmm. You know, I since then I haven't seen anything along these lines. You know, the left being unified around a villain, as I've seen right now, and and so you know, this is obviously the counterpoint to that ridiculous take. You know, it's, sure, okay, fine. There are some conservatives who are like, stop doing this, and the men's rights people are like, ah, and they're all getting <laughs> together a little bit to defend their guy, right. But at the same time, we've got many, many more liberals. And you know what this is also on top of just like a a wagging of the finger to the Democrats, a way to warn them out of not turning up to vote in November. Um, This is a warning mainly to women because this is all about, I think this is about women being angry and being hurt by this, being triggered in many, many cases. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and this is a way to kind of cut a hole in that line of offense to, to say, you know what, maybe some of you shouldn't be doing this. And then they open Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, they create that opening and then they flood right on through it. And then we end yeah. up with, uh, you know, a continued uh, Republican Congress after the midterms. Well, um, there is hope. Apparently, there's a 400,000-person surge in registrations in Texas. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, that's, that's good news. Yeah, that's Beto. That's uh, an amazing thing that's going on in Texas right now. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as, as energized as people are, I, I think there's still more room to become even more energized because... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, we, we have to, I mean, the bottom line yeah. is we have to be, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, when we say all hands on deck, we literally mean all hands on deck. We're not kidding. Because the odds are just enormously against us. Mm-hmm. You have a, a president and his red hat supporters, his, his cult followers backed by Russia, backed by Russian trolls and Russian hackers who are actively trying to make sure that Donald Trump remains an unfettered power for the foreseeable future. Uh-huh. And they will keep doing this until we are worn down, until we don't want to fight anymore, until we want to give up, and at that point, they win. And uh, you're, Yeah, you're absolutely... My grandnephew, who is 26 now, he 
never voted before, but he's finally starting to vote. And thank God. You know, mm-hmm. I, at the same time, though, this was a disturbing statistic that I saw from Gallup. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Steve Bannon at Matto Blog posted this. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I looked at this and I just, my heart sunk because this could be the whole ball game right here. This poll from Gallup. Uh, September 2018 poll, voters who say they're certain to vote. Uh, the 65 and older people who will mainly vote for Trump, 82% of the 65 and older people say they plan to vote. You know how many 18 to 29-year-olds say they plan to vote? T- take, a, take a wild guess, Jody. 17? Uh, higher, actually. Oh, good. <laughs> you were lowballing it. It's, it's a little bit higher than that. Good. It's... 26. Uh, 26. But you got to remember that they normally don't vote at all. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. So I think that, that if you look at, say, the last midterm election or the midterms in 2010, which is probably more comparable to now, mm-hmm. I bet it was 13 or 14% in that age group. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you want to know why Republicans get elected? This is, I mean, you can condense it all down to this. of people 65 older intend to vote. Only 26% of people 18 to 29 intend to vote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is sad. You know what that's going to give us? More of this. Bob. Oh, no, no, no. Not that again. No, no, (laughs) no. Stop, stop. Annoying me, Mr. President. Bob. Oh, come on. Not another ridiculous example of fuckery. Bob. Oh, another rally? (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) But Bob. Bob. um, Bob. I did also hear, but Bob, 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 Bob. Uh, this, is like my, stitch- this is like an illustration of my nightmare. Just Bob, Bob, Bob. Bob. Oh, God. Bob. <laughs> I started um, to go nuts. <laughs> no, it, I, I heard another statistic. I believe it was on Tom Hartman that came out that people that are of a, that voting age, all the hippies, yeah. are now starting to go back to the Democrats. I hope so. I hope and they the vote. Case. That's the thing. They vote. That's yeah. the. Th- it's like they've been a re- re- relatively reliable Republican because they vote. But yep. they're all. Think about the age range now. I have friends that are in their sixties and seventies that mm-hmm. grew up during Vietnam yep. that definitely were against Johnson because of the war. But that's changed. Yeah. Yeah. And they they have witnessed the change. And mm-hmm. therefore, because they're adults and they vote and they've been through all of this, they're like, wait, what? Um, so I have some faith that the 65 and older crowd, yes, they're going to vote, but I don't think it's a reliable Republican vote as much as it used to be. Uh, yeah. I mean, it could end up being that, you know, while 82% of people 65 and older say they're going to vote, it could actually be that in most elections, those people actually vote in greater numbers. It could be that mm-hmm. it's normally 85% or 88%, 90%. Mm-hmm. So right. maybe that's uh, maybe that's a depressed number a little bit. I mean, who knows? But the fact is, is that regardless of what you see in the polls, because I mean, as we've seen, it's, it's you know, it's fascinating, Jody, because uh, going back to 2015, 2016, I was saying, you know what? In Nate Silver, we trust. Stick with Nate Silver. Watch his numbers. Keep a close eye on where he's forecasting things to go. And uh, you'll be in pretty good shape. Won't be spot on, like laser precise accurate. Uh, But, you know, it's a pretty good rule to follow what Nate Silver says. Right now, I don't believe a single goddamn poll. I mean, they are <laughs> literally all over the place. I mean, I'm just looking at the RCP averages here. I'm seeing the NBC New, latest NBC News Wall Street Journal poll has Trump at minus eight, approved, disapproved. That's 44.52. Uh, 
another poll says minus 15. That's Pew. Minus 10 uh, with Harvard Harris. Uh, Quinnipiac has uh, Trump at minus 12. Reuters Ipsos minus, minus 12. Economist YouGov minus 9. And then Rasmussen has Trump up plus 1. Well, it's Rasmussen. It is Rasmussen. But here's the one little caveat with Rasmussen where we should maybe, I know the crosstabs are obviously leaning Republican. It's a Republican heavy uh, uh, poll. And most of them are. Most of the Rasmussen polls are. Uh, But they are polling likely voters. You know, that's more that's more accurate. It's more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen hundred likely voters. And it's Trump approved 50 percent. Trump disapproved 49 percent. But if you look at you compare that to Quinnipiac, uh, eleven hundred registered voters. And that's Mm -hmm. minus 12. So the differential could be the difference between the Trump supporters, you know, that 65 plus crowd and the younger people who would typically be pro-Democrat candidate, right? True, but I mean, the thing with Nate Silver was, A, he was accurate in the 2016 election. She lost within those two points. Yeah, well, it was... uh, I mean, she won, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah. She lost within the margin of error in the three states that mattered. Right. Um, And he just... His is an algorithm of a bunch of polling. So again, his... He's not... He's not favoring any polling he's just like this is what the polling says this is where i'm taking it with my math Mm. well i mean overall i mean nate silver was showing hillary clinton was gonna uh, win pretty handily uh just overall and she did technically win pretty handily nationwide yeah but i mean it seems to me and i'm not trying to i'm just trying to find this place where uh, the, the 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 whole narrative was lost in in and amongst the polling and the thing is that that i think nate silver should have calculated based on how the electoral college was going to swing rather than yeah, and I, be, and maybe he'll do that in the future i think that's that's a smarter thing on his point because yeah. like i said i mean those three states where she lost she lost within the margin of error yeah exactly exactly so i mean he was accurate in his algorithms of each state but again you're right he should take into account the electoral college and what that would mean for any candidate i completely mm-hmm. and maybe he'll do that in 2020 well right now nate silver's got the the democrats winning the house and having a margin of 227 votes to the republicans 208 that's Good. 227 votes 200, 227 seats in the house that's nine points over the majority yeah, seems to me a good a, that's a good cushion yeah it's it's well it could be higher though i mean it if we look be. at yeah we look at 2006 there was a much greater margin coming out of that election in favor of the democrats than there was uh this year but i guess all things wrapped into the god-awful orange mess that we're in right now puts us at a much narrower margin even though we should be just way over the top i you know well, and I guess, in 2006 we didn't have the russians necessarily interfering in so many people on social media yeah, that's right. Or we didn't have the level of gerrymandering that we've got now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a census yep. in between then and now. Uh, there's yep. also a lot of uh, voter suppression. There's a lot of people kicked off the yep. voter rolls, although I am encouraged by what John Legend's been doing in uh, Florida by getting some of these convicted felons, giving them their voting rights back, even though they should have never been stripped from them. It seems well, weird. Greg, that- Palast, Greg Palast finally got all the names of the people that were purged in Georgia and has a website up saying, hey, if you live in Georgia, make sure you're still on the voter rolls. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we shouldn't have to jump through all these hoops. And the very no. fact that we do makes it more difficult for us to vote. And that's the whole point of doing this shit. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Every time we turn around, we got we've got some other hurdle that we have to jump over to vote. Voting should be as simple as driving up to a McDonald's drive-through window. I've said that a million times, but it always. I mean, why in a nation that is the beacon of uh, democracy to the world? Mm-hmm. Are we making it so difficult for people to vote? And it's obviously because one of the parties has decided that the more people who vote, the lesser our chances are of actually winning elections. Because mm-hmm. most people in this country will vote for Democrats, given the unfettered chance to walk up to a polling place without any impediments and just pulling a mm-hmm. lever and saying, you know what, I'm going to vote for this party because these are the real, this is the real representation of American values. And these other party, this other group is just a, a full of uh, uh, criminals and, and liars and, and people yep. who have no core values. And yep. that's where we are at this point with the party divide. And if you're still walking around, young people, saying that mm-hmm. both parties are the same, you you aren't paying attention. You need to read a book. You need to educate mm-hmm. yourself. And at least, you know what? Just look at the party platforms. Compare and contrast. Yeah. You know, you learn that in second grade to compare and contrast. Compare the Republican Party platform with the Democratic Party platform. And then tell me again how both parties are the same. Idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I know. I, I'm sick and tired of the Bernie bros, by the way. Oh, yeah. And Bernie was trying to... Uh, throw a little bit of uh, of a wrench into the works the other day. He was saying that while, while we're all fixated on Brett Kavanaugh, <laughs> this is happening at Amazon or that's happening at the... Oh, yeah, I know what it was. It was that uh, the Republicans passed a, a, a bill in the House that would make mm-hmm. the tax cuts permanent. Right, but it has to pass the Senate. Yeah, it still has to pass the Senate, you know, and... And right yes, no- it's horrible and awful, and he's absolutely right, but... Eye on the prize, Burn. I know. And, and just, it feels like right now, it, it feels like the nation is just ready to explode when it mm-hmm. comes to these midterms. I just, I wish the midterms were tomorrow because just to get it over with at this point, because it just, the suspense, the, the not knowing, I think that's yeah. the most stressful aspect of this. And the not knowing whether, and it's not just whether the Republicans will retain control of Congress. It's not knowing whether we're going to have our freedoms, the same level of constitutional freedoms we have, the same level of comparatively a decent society that we once used to enjoy in this country, which has now been destroyed. And I, I know there's the whole we didn't start the fire thing, right. but you can absolutely trace this back to 1964 and the mm-hmm. aftermath of that particular election. Another reason why the Helen O'Donnell interview that I did yesterday and her new book, Launching LBJ, is so important, because what we're talking about here is a period of time in which the conservative movement rose up. Mm-hmm. They, they actively decided to infiltrate governments at the lowest level and move all the way up to the top. And that's right. what they have done. And in that process, they've been able to decimate education and science yep. and yep. knowledge and facts and make all of those things irrelevant in lieu of this form of toxic populism that Donald Trump has popularized. This is the end result. It is. But I don't know. I don't know if you remember this because right now I'm seeing ads on TV about getting out the vote in a Mm -hmm. midterm. And I don't recall ever seeing television or hearing radio ads about voting during a midterm until this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of 
positive signs out there. I mean, you can look at Beto's uh, crowds, for example. Um, There are lots of signs that are what I tend to term as more anecdotal signs, like mm-hmm. like yard, like literally yard signs. Literally, yeah, <laughs> like, literally yard signs. Yeah, uh, we can't necessarily take the yard signs as being an indicator necessarily, or crowd signs for that matter, because, I mean, what we're talking about is, I just feel like it's not, the, the deal hasn't been sealed yet on the midterms. I know, but, it, but to me, seeing a Levi commercial trying to get the vote out. Mm-hmm. Levi is spending money yeah. in a midterm mm-hmm. to get the vote out. And you usually only see that during presidential elections, which is why I'm a little bit more happy-clappy because yeah. corporations um, usually don't support getting the vote out unless they're liberal. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go there. Oh, yeah. So seeing the get out the vote ads by corporations and others as if it were a presidential election is reminding the kids. Yeah. Get out there and vote. Yeah. And, you know, the problem. I mean, I'm seeing rock the vote ads, too. This is all good. I mean, these, these are all good yeah. signs. You know, and I wish I wish I could rest assured knowing that this was actually going to be the case, but there are so many shenanigans out there. There, yeah. there are variables that we can't even begin to calculate uh, mm-hmm. and, and mix into the, uh, the forecast of what's going to happen. Uh, but all right, all, Eeyore. I, I know, I know, but I'm not saying we're doomed yet. I mean, I, you know, there were lots of people in the comments uh, at bobseska.com under uh, Tuesday's show saying enough with the we're doomed shit. Well, I'm not saying we're doomed. We're not doomed yet. There's there's still a really big chance to turn everything around. But the fact is, is that if we don't, we're fucked. <laughs> I yeah, mean, you, are, you are 100% right. No two ways around that. Donald Trump, without any checks and balances on him. I mean, you think the last two, uh, the, the last two, are you back? I'm back. Okay. The, the last two years, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be that times a thousand. Yeah. And, and, and remember, all it needs to be is Donald Trump standing up in front of the nation uh, on uh, on Wednesday, November seventh, and saying, "Look, it's a mandate. It's a mandate for me. Mm-hmm. It's a mandate for my uh, ideas and my agenda." Mm-hmm. He says, "Agenda." I know. <laughs> like he says, Brett Kavanaugh. Right. And so it's basically Donald Trump's going to perceive this as an endorsement of his policies. Right. And that night, it's going to be in the tweets. Can you imagine if the returns come down and it looks like Republicans, you know, that big banner appears on screen. It says Republicans retain control of the House. The the tweets that Trump will issue that night. Mm -hmm. We got to stop that. We got to make sure that doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. And just just think of it this way. And I'll just throw this in there uh, before we take a last break here. Just think about it this way. (laughs) Imagine the subpoena power imagine yeah. the hearings because the hearings will begin whether or not the senate goes uh, to the democrats because there's a really narrow chance of that happening and it's really really narrow but there's still a chance but on the house side uh, imagine the hearings i mean they can start conducting hearings on kavanaugh even though kavanaugh hopefully will not be confirmed but if he is confirmed imagine the hearings on kavanaugh imagine the hearings on trump's tax returns mm-hmm. especially now that we've got this new york times story yeah, we will see this election, <laughs> November 6th. Part of that election is getting to see Donald Trump's tax returns, tax returns. Exactly. There are so many things that we will just devour like Coca-Cola. 
holy crap if if the democrats manage to retake the house Mm-hmm. It is no holds barred for the Democratic Party. I assure you. It will not be like 2006 where Nancy Pelosi will get up and say, well, you know, I don't think it's time to start talking impeachment of George W. Bush. Because you know what? Quite honestly, there wasn't the level of corruption with George W. Bush that we're seeing now with Donald Trump. So this is a whole new ball game, and things can start happening now. We just yep. have to win. Okay, one last break. We'll wrap up the show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Okay. Wrapping up our Thursday show here today with the great Jody Hamilton from the Stephanie Miller Show. Uh, let's see. Okay, so it looks like Mansion might be leaning yes. Uh, Susan Fuck. Susan Collins said the FBI report report is thorough. No. Mitch McConnell has scheduled a key process vote for Friday. If the motion passes, Senator is going to have up to thirty hours to debate the confirmation before making the final decision. As I keep saying, this isn't over yet. Never give up. Never surrender. Uh, the barricades are out in front of the Capitol building. Get ready to give them hell. The Kavanaugh protesters are showing the Access Hollywood tape outside the Capitol building right now. Oh wow! So that's good. I, I love seeing whoever's doing those uh, those projections onto uh, government buildings. Keep keep mm-hmm. going. Keep going. That's great. That's that's a nice way to do it. But anyway, so Mitch McConnell is uh, is scheduling this uh, a procedural vote for Friday, and then they're going to be a, there's going to be a debate through the weekend, and then they're going to hold a hold a vote, and so that means there's still time to pick off. I mean, all we need is two. All it takes is two. Well, two senators. Well, we need all. Well, what? Yes, we need two senators. Period. Period. Well, no, we need to, we need all the Democrats. We need fifty-one votes. Yeah, and that that yeah, right. That assumes the Democrats stick together as a caucus and and right. vote uh, against con- confirmation. That means including uh, Joe Manchin. Right. And remember, Joe we Manchin need fifty-one votes is what we need. Joe Manchin's up for re-election on November sixth, mm-hmm. so he's got something to lose here. So what you need to do is you need to give him cover. And I know Joe Manchin is not the the favorite among the left. But you got to give him cover by calling his offices and saying, you want us to reelect you? You vote against confirmation. You want every woman to turn out against you on November 6th? You vote to confirm. And that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Meanwhile, 
Mitch McConnell uh, stepped up to a microphone, had more to say. Very, very angry this time. Here's Mitch McConnell on the floor of the Senate this morning. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I... Bob Louise Seska. I played the wrong clip. Here he goes, here he goes, here he goes. Ah, there it was. It's my favorite thing in the world. There was one day when... Stephanie was playing that sound effect on the Stephanie Miller show and Billy West was in studio and he was imitating it on top of playing the actual <laughs> sound. And I, I nearly pissed myself. I was laughing so hard at the show. Uh, <laughs> so I had a, I wrote to Sean Comiskey. I said, you got to give me the turtle having sex with a sandal sound. I need to hear that. <laughs> I need to have that. Have you for seen my the show. video of that? Oh my God. Yes, I have. Okay, good. Yes, I have. And it's it's fun. And the turtle has a nice little cute sex sound, doesn't it? He oh, does. It's, it's gross. It's so gross. He sounds happy. Kimberly's really repulsed by this. She thinks it's, it's uh, He sounds happy, but... Well, he sounds and looks happy, but she does not. <laughs> That's right. Kimberly feels bad for the turtle. Like, we shouldn't be spying on... I feel bad on... for the lady turtle. <laughs> That's right. I feel bad for the croc that uh, the turtle is humping. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Republicans, you know, being the decent, uh, uh, dignified people they are, full of integrity and kindness, they're using a fake photo of Dr. Ford at, uh, to suggest that no one would want to have sex with her when she was a teenager. And f- I feel bad for the woman who is actually photographed because they're trying to mock the looks of her. And yeah. secondly, rape has nothing to do with looks i know this is like what they're doing here is like the opposite of slut shaming right what they're saying is ah she's too ugly to fuck anyway right which is just it was just almost worse than slut shaming Mm -hmm. Uh, well actually i don't know if it's worse because it's it's bad because slut shaming says that she deserved it she deserved to be raped because she's a slut and she was wearing a little tiny mini skirt and it was something we talked about uh on tuesday's show as well uh jody is we're talking about how like even well, first of all, we said that uh, there's a statistic that uh, is a widely known statistic that out of every thousand reported rapes, there are only six six rapists who end up going to jail for the crime. Six. Well, out even of a if thousand. they're even prosecuted, I mean, it's I think it's six that are prosecuted. Yes. Yeah, well, it's it's six that actually end up making it all the way through okay. to a prison sentence. But there okay. are, you know, it's it's obviously diminishing returns when you start from a thousand. It goes down right. to like three hundred that actually go to trial, and six with, or I think it's three hundred who actually get taken seriously, investigated uh, by the police, and then it yeah, and then a hundred go to trial, and then six get convicted. That's what it exactly is. Exactly right. Exactly right. So, you know, it, 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 it doesn't really happen. But the, the fact is that, um, that even in those six convictions resulting in a prison sentence, even in those cases, people are still going, well, she was clearly asking for it. I know right. the guy, the guy did rape her, obviously, but she was wearing this miniskirt. She had red lipstick on and she was, she was having some beers. And my God, that means open season. <laughs> it's, it's rape season at the bar. If you see a woman wearing a miniskirt, that's the message always- that we're getting. I've always found that argument to be not only diminishing to women, but to men. Y'all can't control yeah. yourselves. Yeah, that's, what, that's the thing that Kimberly's always tweeting about. She's always saying, uh, this assumes that most men will rape given the chance. Right. So, so th- I mean, what, is that, what does that say to men and boys? And, and, and I just, it's like, seriously, you can't control. I should be able to walk down the street naked. Yeah, I know. I know. Not that you'd want to see it because it's really. 
attractive. <laughs> but regardless, um, anybody should be able to walk down any street, male or female, buck naked and not expect to be sexually assaulted. Or, you know, you, you should be able to dress at least the way you want without yeah. being assaulted, for God's yeah. sake. But that's not the case. And, and on, on the opposite side of that, if you happen to be weird looking as a 17 year old, then mm-hmm. why would anyone want to rape you anyway? So you can't and possibly have been raped. Th- yeah, that's the flip side. It's like, excuse me? Yeah, yeah. On top of this thing where we're still buying the fake news, people Mm -hmm. are still getting suckered in by the fake news, which leads me right back to, I know, I'm just, I'm so grumpy today. And it's it's because of cat diarrhea. That's why. And it's just like, I mean, what can I say? But the fact is that, you know, this is... This is more fake news. We shouldn't be circulating this shit anymore. We should blow up the internet as far as I'm concerned. On some days, it's like bring back the gatekeepers. This experiment in the democratization of information has failed because we're too dumb to be able to discern between fake information and real information. You know, as long as the fake news story fits into our bias, retweet, 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 share, 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 like, like, like. Or whatever the equivalent on Instagram happens to be. <laughs> I'm not on that. I don't know. Uh, what well, you should join. Actually, Instagram is a pleasantly political, uh, uh, politics-free format. I don't see. <laughs> there is some I, politics there, but it's like, you know, it's like Glinda the Good Witch versus the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> you know, that's Twitter. And uh, as much as I, you know, and it's, it's weird to say this, I just love Twitter. I mean, what can I say? I mean, most I of my too. day, I'm, I'm on Twitter. As, as much as I we, like the Twitter. you know, and I, I criticize it almost like, you know, like a Star Wars fan who criticizes Star Wars. <laughs> so Don't you dare criticize the Solo movie. I just watched it last night. I loved it. I love that movie. <laughs> I thought, you know what? That was one of the best of the post-George Lucas uh, Star Wars movies. I thought it was fantastic. I love the whole Chewy origin story, all of it. It was great. It made me laugh. The Kessel Run yeah. was amazing. The Kessel Run in twelve parsecs. I looked at Lonnie. I said he can do it in twelve parsecs. He goes, "How do you know that?" I'm like, "Dude." <laughs> which, which, by the way, twelve parsecs is a measure of distance and not a measure of speed. And we learned exactly. that in the Star Wars movie. I am just a an unrepentant nerd. What can I say? See. Uh, meanwhile, more than twelve hundred law professors have signed a letter opposing Kavanaugh's confirmation to the Supreme Court. Which will be, you know, summarily ignored mm-hmm. by uh, members of the Senate, you know, because none of that matters. The FBI report. Well, see, that's the trick with the FBI report. They gave us the FBI report, and now they're only leaning on the FBI report as if right. that's the only problem with Kavanaugh, right? And not all this other shit. But you had to have an FBI report. You see, you know, that's the warning. That's the the finger wagging warning. You liberals, you asked for this, and you doomed yourselves. No, that's not no. how it works. That's not George H. W. Bush had a better FBI <laughs> investigation for Anita Hill than this. Oh yeah, yeah. This was hardly that, and th- basically they just ignored a bunch of evidence. They rushed uh-huh. this through. I mean, this is not a thorough background check. I would like to see the report before I pass final judgment. But clearly, the way this has been orchestrated by, you know, and again, who is the chief law enforcement officer of the United States? Donald fucking Trump. Bob. No. Don't start that again. Bob. Oh, come on, Mr. (laughs) President. Um, But I mean, you know, of course, that guy is running the show. And so do you think anything in which this guy is running the show, not not me, Trump, 
uh, is going to turn out on the level. Not not a million years. Not a million years. We're, so that is that is where we are with Kavanaugh, and I, I really hope that the one ray of sunshine in all of this is that once the Kavanaugh thing is over, win or lose, start fo- focusing on Donald Trump's corruption again. His, yeah. his tax fraud, especially his Russian collusion, especially his obstruction of justice. Because this needs to be humiliated out of existence. I keep saying it, but it's true. I wouldn't be saying it so often if it wasn't absolutely the most vital thing in our democracy right now. Trumpism has to be destroyed with fire. Yep. Trumpism. I'm saying Trump is. I'm not saying we should burn Trump literally. I'm just saying that. His whole I thought that way- was a drinking game. I know. To the burn Trump literally drinking game? Yeah. That's I thought that was a drinking game. Bob. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that Trumpism needs to be destroyed with fire. Yes. Because the longer Trumpism exists, the more of our democracy is going to get ruined. I mean, this is a, as I said before, it's a flesh-eating bacteria. All right, uh, the postmortem show is coming up here in just a couple of seconds. If you don't know what the postmortem show is, it's basically after this music is done playing, we just keep talking for another 20 minutes. That's how it works. And you, the only way you can hear it is if you go to our Patreon page at bobsuska.com. You click the all caps Patreon link. And then you go and you support the show at, uh, at any level you choose, any financial level of support. But it's only at the $5 level, starting at the $5 level, that you get the postmortem show. So if you like what you hear, go and do that. And plus, while you're there, you can listen to my interview with Helen O'Donnell, the daughter of Kenny O'Donnell, who was JFK's chief of staff. I'm, I'm starting a collection of people who were either close to people who worked for JFK or who actually worked on JFK or worked on the uh, JFK administration. I'm trying to do it. So we're starting here. And so I'll expand from here because I'm such a fanboy. Okay, Jody Hamilton can be heard on the Stephanie Mill Show also at from-the-bunker.com and on Twitter at fromthebunkerjr. Thank you so much, Jody. Thank is she you, gone? Uh, there she is. Okay. I'm still here. I, th- I thought we lost you again. Again. All right, post <laughs> show coming up next. See you over there, folks. Bye-bye.